It's Listener Request Month on the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about heat. Thanks, Trilly Titan, for the request. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. We're your host. I'm editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing great. Just watched Heat like fucking three times in the last like four days. I'm feeling great. <laughs> That's a lot of four days. <laughs> That's a large portion of your four days. No, no, not even three hours. That's almost ten hours. That's of, that's uh, a fuck ton of heat. Yeah, it's a lot of heat, man. You can get a lot of. A lot of friction going on yeah. in 10 hours. Do you have a rash after that much heat? God damn it. <laughs> All right, that one got me. I bet you had a great rash. <laughs> <laughs> and we have director of photography, Mike Griggs, with us here. Hello, hello. We are, we're without our costume designer, Kristen Jones. Yeah, apparently uh, we talk about dude movies, and she's like, oh, I'm so busy. I can't make it. Gosh, uh Nah, bro. It was COVID. What? <laughs> what? How, how did we jump there so quick? I don't know. <laughs> it just seems to be the go-to these days. <laughs> oh, it's COVID's fault. Yeah, everything's COVID's fault. Well, guys, here goes the, the big question. Have you guys seen this movie before? Never. Uh, No. No. I, just, I, I was hanging out with some friends, and they turned it on back in like 2003 or 2004, and I fell asleep. Yeah. That wow. was my one experience before, like last week. Was it? Was this a? Was this a drinking, hanging section? No, 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 no. It, it was like pre-college days. I was like eighteen, seventeen, oh. something like that. Yeah, I was. I was a young person, with with no uh, no no sense of of context for how well appreciated this movie was. This is one of the rare movies I did not see this in theaters. It came out in ninety five. I don't know why. I just. At my age, at 13, I, this movie was not on my radar. I think you were watching uh, this coming out late. Like It's like December of that year, kind of late in the year. I think you were watching Toy Story over Toy and over Story. again in the theaters at this time. I only saw Toy Story once in the theater. Hmm. My brother saw it uh, two or three times. 
But yeah, Jumanji was number one. I saw that. Um. <laughs> you know, I don't think your mom wanted you to see um, Vincent's sex, nexla- sex necklace. <laughs> 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 I think the, she was worried about <laughs> that was, yeah. was too far. <laughs> I think the necklace is just a little bit too much. Not, not only is his like just like you know, I, I love movie kissing when they just like press faces together, just like <laughs> you know. But his like necklace is hanging; they're getting all like tied up in his necklace, <laughs> a sexless, if you will. Um, I like the locking lips more than I like the the tongue with the saliva. Yeah, there's a lot of that shit. I like a little like lip nibble, not you know like you just like you know you just like cup mouths like the both open mouth just like fucking like the, you know I like a little I like a little like like you know if you kind of you know just a little you're you're thinking about how that uh, hot Austrian uh, fucking uh, <laughs> German doctor or whatever from fucking uh, what was it Last Crusade? Oh, oh dude, yeah. this is how we oh, say yeah. goodbye in Austria, Mr. Yeah. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Jones, sorry, Doctor Jones. There's always time for love. <laughs> I just think that if I had like dangly necklaces, either they would get broken in the lovemaking or I would just have to take them off. I mean, this is a really long necklace. That must be an early 90s thing. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Was yeah. it? No. He, uh, the- I remember necklaces being a big thing in like 93, 95 ish. Everybody had a necklace. Yeah, man. <laughs> Didn't uh, Al Pacino wear That's a necklace cool, in Scarface? Cool Maybe, this, maybe it's up? an Al Pacino thing. No, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, he definitely also did the... He's he like a strong bling. man. A strong man yeah. wears a strong necklace. It like <laughs> sets the tone. He's like, when, I, when I'm having sex with a woman, I want her to know that I've got money and I have power. And I'm going to, like, dangle my gold all over you. <laughs> He's dangling something on her. <laughs> I don't know. I also like it, too, because it... I don't know. It sets it, the tone. It, well, it's, it's one of those things, like, it's a little character thing, you know, that he he, he doesn't dress like... A stereotypical cop. He doesn't act like a stereotypical cop. You know? I like that that's the introduction to his character. All the criminals, we get their introductions, and they seem like they're maybe doing possibly normal guy things. And it's all in close-ups. And then finally, when we get to the cop, he's fucking his wife. Like, okay, okay. And it's weird, too, because they're so distant the rest of the movie. (laughs) And this this is how we're introduced to them. Their one big moment, you know? Which is interesting that they're that they actually have that like quote unquote passionate sex scene, but their marriage is floundering. Well, she uses that as a pretty specific reference later when she's like, "Oh, you're gonna go back to the normal where we fuck and then you lose all ability to speak." Hey, man, it's a rough life. It's a rough <laughs> life out there. Life out there on the streets. Ooh, chasing all these rats. What? This isn't the Departed. Nah, bullshit. He's like you. He's like you, fucking rat. Like every time he beats somebody's ass, he's like you, fucking rat. Like, 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 like he he's getting like information from him, but he's calling him, you know, a fucking rat. Like, like it's bad, but they're helping him. Who does he call a rat? Everybody that he punches. I don't. Bro. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, when he, when he knocks guy? the dude through the glass door, and he's like, uh, uh, "Tell me who it was" or whatever. Fucking Henry Rollins. He calls him a fucking rat, and that you rat fuck. Oh, okay. There was a time before that, but I don't remember who it was right now. <laughs> I was waiting for this other, this, this other time. <laughs> it's there, though. I promise. I, I intently watched this six hours of movie. <laughs> That's hey, right. Man, this I, movie, I watched it, it, I watched it, it twice. It is long. No, no. It, 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 it's long, but I enjoyed the length of it. I, I think that it, it like, it feels I don't know. epic. 
it, if, if okay, that's a good word for it. Yeah, and Michael Mann's movies usually do, and he he usually does a really really good job. And this movie is no exception of taking the extra time to set a lot of tone and to give character nuances and to to build like oh well we need to care about this small character. I was thinking about it today while I was watching it again because I was like this movie feels so long. Like what would I cut right? The only thing that I can think of is Dennis Haysbert's like little short arc. What's that? Who's that? So he's the he's the the, the, the cook. cook the the guy that jumps in at the, at the last minute to be the the wheel man. man. But but that beautiful shot of his wife or, or girlfriend or whatever when she's in that bar and they've got her lit like gorgeously and she like sees that come across the TV and then she's just staring and she cannot fucking believe that that he was involved in some shit. He was trying to get himself clean. And yeah. The woman, and the dude's like, "Ma'am, can I get you anything, ma'am?" And she just stares. Yeah. Dude, that I love that. That was a great moment, and that was like the whole point of that entire like seven minutes of screen time. Like, because honestly, they could have cut out the entire like those first two scenes where they're in the car and he's talking, and then he goes inside and he and he talks to the asshole dude who's getting the job from, um, and like every uh, all all of his scenes leading up to, hey, do you know that guy that cook? I would rather they, have. They like, didn't need him. I know, I get it, but I'd rather have story into a, into a character than than did not. I I, I like. I don't know. I like all those scenes with him, man. When he gets shot, I, that that's a, that's a moment, man. I mean, it like, is. He just collapses in the chair. Yeah, they even like the camera is even with him in the car when he gets shot. Like we see that motherfucker die, and that is it's heartbreaking. Because like the scene we get before that, when his uh, wife comes in and and she's like, I, "I'm proud of you," and he's like, "What the yeah. fuck are you proud of me for?" Th- yeah. That's a heartbreaking moment. And then we get that's is the payoff, and it's he's fuck he's just dead, just like fucking like that. And then we get the moment with the wife seeing it on the TV. Oh, dude, that is that's emotion, dude. That is great. That's what makes this movie better than all those other fucking heist films. Yeah, it's also what makes this movie three hours long. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, you know, <laughs> like fucking Jackie Brown's like two and a half hours, right? I'm okay with that. That's good. Yeah, two and a half hours. That's that feels like my limit, man. As soon as I start seeing two fifty three, three ten, I'm like, ugh, this is gonna be some fucking work to get through. And and it feels like it with this. I I'm enraptured most of the time, but I don't know. Maybe it's just because I watched it twice in the same week that I'm just like, eh. The second time around, I was like, this is this is a little slow. We're just accustomed to watching like little one hour pops at a time or, or less, you know, and, and getting it on. I don't know. There's something really on. truly beautiful about the 90 minute film where like you get in, you do the shit, and you get out, and you're just done with it. Yeah, but it's okay when it's double and it's still good. Like like if it if it felt like it was like meandering to me, then I probably wouldn't dig it as much. And I will say the first watch, I, I had a little struggle with it. But that second time, dude, since I was like I, I kind of knew it, and I was like watching it and like more like in, in, enveloped in the story and everything. Like I don't know, I, I really really enjoyed it, and I felt the pace, and I felt the felt like building, and the way that that like score. The score is so fucking good, man. It just builds these mm-hmm, tones. Mm-hmm. And also, I uh, I played Grand Theft Auto Five uh, more <laughs> than I I'd never seen this film. But I realized that there are times that, like where the Grand Theft Auto uh, like score in that is totally ripping this off. Like all these moments where you're feeling, I was like, man, it's just I just it's totally got like the vibe. It's excellent. I, I had kind of the opposite reaction. Like the first time I was on the edge of my seat, like like anticipating every moment, looking for every single nuance and, and this look means that and this look means that and like I appreciated all of, of those tiny character moments and even Dennis Haysbert's like character arc. I, I, I will agree with you, Brian. Like he, seeing him die in the car, the fact that we actually gave a shit about his character, 
did a lot for the sake of of having that whole shootout give like some emotion to it. The second time I was like, okay, yeah, when's the next thing happen? That's more my personality. I, I don't know. Man, I don't. I, I had to hold back fucking tears every time I watched it this week, bro. Every fucking time. <laughs> I had, to, I had to stop myself from. I'm like, I'm not fucking. I'm not. I'm not crying for Robert De Niro's character. I'm not. <laughs> Give me the tissues. <laughs> so, is that who you were pulling for at the end? Like, like when it was coming down to the end, you were like, "It's got to be De Niro, man. He's got to win this." He's no, it, away. no, it's 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 not. It's not that I want to get him him to get away. It's the fact that he could get away, and he can't. He can't let Wayne Grow go. He cannot let that guy go. You know, it, it that's Dude, a loose John end. Why got to even say that, man? He's like, I don't know if you even care, bro. Like, but this dude's like hanging out at this hotel. Man, just let the man go. He he was done. He had the cute southern girl who was like down to down to go, and he had all this money, and they're about to sk- skip a fucking train, uh, a plane, and just go. <sighs> it's it's heartbreaking, man. Like just when he makes that go. decision in the car, you know, it's like, ah, oh, bro, that. That that did it right there. You know, at that moment, it's just like you're you're done, dude. Pacino's also, gonna get you. It's so strong with her. Like, she, okay, so they, she's she's all excited. They're they're about to go off, and she's leaving everything behind. And then she's sitting in that car, and he goes inside that hotel, and he hits the fire alarm, and all these fire engines start showing up, and she's like, "What the fuck?" But she just stays. Like she knows that it's fucked up, man. I was like, "God damn, it's so crazy that she just she just hangs." Well, I did, I did appreciate that as a, like a an excuse to see what's happening outside, right? Like, I mean, they could they could cut to the outside and be like, "Look, here's the fire department showing up." But the fact that we're seeing it all through her, her character's eyes, yeah, man, that was that was fucking brilliant, very strong, yeah. And she just starts losing her shit in the car, man. Yeah, but then I she hangs. That. That's nice. She 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 hangs, man. And, and by the time that like he comes back out and and, and they have that moment, oh, God, dude, and, and and we've been building up, you know. You see the heat coming around the corner. You got thirty seconds to, to, you know, make a decision. I don't, I don't remember the exact quote, but yeah. You have no attachments in your life. You can't walk out on thirty seconds flat if you see the heat coming around the corner. I don't know why I said it like JFK, but there you go. No, 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 it's good. It's good. I appreciated that. JFK, Robert, you know, you know, very similar. It's, a, it's the same thing. <laughs> By the end of the decade, the decade, we will go to the fucking moon. <laughs> God We're headed it. to Fiji. Where the fuck were they going? <laughs> yeah, where were they going? We don't, we don't know where their new plans were. No, he said he, said, he, he, he told said, her. He said Fiji at some point. Is it point. Fiji or something? He's like, yeah, you ever been to Fiji? You know? Yeah, but he switches no, well, his plan because his plan, he didn't know. Remember if his out gets blown, so you don't know where he's going at the end. All right, they're going to Cozumel. Well, you don't know how he's getting out. He's The assumption is that he's going somewhere, but Fiji's the only place he's talked about. I did love that after De Niro left his girl in 30 seconds, well, he made the decision in 10 seconds and then 30 seconds to get away. Not after. Just the fact that both, both of them left their woman, right? No, they're both the same character. That's, yeah, that, that's 100%. what the whole film's about. Yeah, they're yeah. both pretty much the same character. They're just on opposite sides of the law. And neither of them knows how to do anything else. That's what's or wants to. so great about that fucking the ending shot, man. It's just like it. It's so beautiful. It's so perfectly blocked. It's just motherfuckers just standing there, not yeah. looking at each other, looking in opposite directions, facing opposite directions, and in the exact opposite. One's one's slumped over, laying down. The other one's standing tall, and it's it just ends there on a two shot, and we just hold on that image for such a, for, for, I don't know, like ten seconds, twelve seconds. You're just holding on that. 
Nobody's moving. Touching hands. <laughs> I want to hold your hand. This shit gives me the feels, dude. Oh. Yeah, and the yep. score In the is end, they so only had perfect. each other. Yeah, that's a, a Moby drop right there at the end. Is it? Yeah. Actually, both the times that Al Pacino and Robert De Niro meet, those are Moby songs. Really? Yeah, when he, when Robert uh, De Niro gets pulled over by Al Pacino, that, like, I don't know, that guitar piece, that's a Moby song. kind of dig that, man. I think it's really cool. That, that, that explains some of the electronic kind of feel to it. It's like a really, like, understated electronic feel at times. But then sometimes there's, like, standard score with, like, fucking, like, you know, string instruments and shit. Yeah. But then there, a, lot, a lot of times there's just, like, this, like, droning, building electronic. I love that drone, so yeah. fucking good, man. I love it the in the opening. bank rob, too. Yeah, the, the opening score is so fucking strong. And that dude, that whole like opening, um, taking over the truck, amazing. Like that, that had me sold instantly. Oh, when they're knocking over the uh, armor truck. Yeah, yeah, and like especially you know, you know, like what really got me is like when when the bomb, like they, they fucking flip it over and they go over and they set this bomb and it like fucking like uh, it like explodes to like blow open the truck and it like busts all the car windows into like straight line. Yeah, like, I love all those shots, man. Sick. It's just amazing, dude. Well, like the f- three or four insert shots while the the truck is getting knocked over itself, like from the car's perspective, and then like the things are falling over, and yeah, man, I love seeing that stuff done for real. That's fun. I don't know why the the truck POV shot when, when the, I guess the armored truck's POV when the semi is coming at it. For some reason, that shot is blurry. I don't know why. I don't know if it was like a sixteen millimeter camera that they put in there because I mean you can tell the semi wrecks that camera. Well, I mean, there's times like like we just talked about when um, Pacino pulls De Niro over on the si- on the freeway. When it cuts to Pacino's close up before he gets out of the car, every time it's like out of focus. It's completely soft. Yeah, there's a lot of long lens shots in this, and most of Pacino's long lens close ups are like focused a little bit on his on his like temples more than they are his eyes. Dude, those long lens shots at the beginning where they're they're doing all this like crazy quick coverage of like people walking and like they're setting up uh going yeah, into the yeah. hardware store to pick up those fucking explosive strips and and all this shit, all this really Jurassic. long lens what? The Jurassic Park lawyers <laughs> <laughs> selling explosives. <laughs> Sorry. Um there's just all this like tracking uh like long lens like but it, it's like perfectly framed like a close up but they're tracking. I'm like, how the fuck are they pulling these damn focus like pulls? This is insanity. All these crazy long lenses. Well, the whole opener is all they're all like tight close ups. Yeah, like for the first like four minutes of the movie or something. Well, stupid they play like a that. lot of scenes yeah. like that too. Especially think think about the cafe scene where they're talking. Yeah. Man, it's just playing yeah. in this like medium close up the whole time. They just let it roll. They don't even go to a two shot. No, they don't. Yeah. I find that really, really interesting just as a concept for, for the, so much of this movie. They're just like, no, these are fucking mega stars and, and just the, the kings of all acting. And we want to see them as close as we possibly can, as long as we possibly can. And there's very few like wide shots in this, let alone like wide shots with actors in it. Well, they have a lot of like quick cut like action stuff. But like when and, and but what they'll do is they'll they'll carry the characters into a scene and they'll, and they'll, and they'll sit down somewhere. Yeah. Like, and they'll have these like moments where like and then and then it's just played in, in these like singles or like dirties over the shoulder back forth back forth and then but then there's always that movement think think about uh, think about um, the shot where 
uh, Pacino's driving the car. He's like, we're in the car, and the car's all, and the camera's all shaky and shit. And it's like, oh, it's like looking through the windshield, and then it cuts outside, and he like pulls into the frame, and he gets out, and we track him with him. Like it's just that the momentum of the camera is so sexy. That's pretty classic, Michael Mann, though. Like he does that in so many of his movies. Like he he likes to move the camera, and he does it fucking well. So much coverage. Oh yeah, but like the number of times he he's like you're saying, like he's the um the one that pops into my brain is is when. Al Pacino gets in, in his car and he's driving out of the police headquarters or whatever and he's just in the the underground garage and you see him get in the car and then they track super fast left as he's speeding around and then they just get past the thing and the and the camera and it just goes to the right of the camera as it pans like this is them getting on the dolly and fucking sprinting <laughs> to get out of the way of the car as he's just driving out and like that's a, such a simple shot and that's part of, of the tone that I was talking about like there's so many shots like that where like it's kind of not really doing a lot except for characters are moving and characters are going to a different place and the camera's moving so you feel that, like you're saying, momentum going around. I don't know. I, I like seeing that Al Pacino drives like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He, he, he pulls just, up into a parking spot he, and just... <laughs> he super speeds around and he does not stay in fucking the lanes at all. He does not give a fuck. He's like, I'm a cop, bitch. I like when he pulls up to the fucking stop sign and like he, he just came in his fucking wife is like fucking Ralph this random fucking dude just trying to piss him off you know oh so is this you angry like yeah yeah I'm angry <laughs> like you know <laughs> uh, she like, demean herself with Ralph yeah he fucking takes his TV and, uh, and like and when he's driving off with it he just like kicks it out of the fucking car at that fucking stoplight that I love is those so dudes awesome. just sitting there at the bus stop and then just like what just happened? What the fuck? Yeah, the one guy <laughs> just starts laughing. It's super awesome. And you don't see the light, so you don't know if the light turned green or not. And it's like, he just did it just go? It, just yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> you can so ball my crazy. wife. <laughs> you can sit on her couch in her ex-husband's house. Post-modern <laughs> <he> <laughs> bullshit house. <laughs> <laughs> was he saying that, like... She had an ex-husband, or is that just basically saying, like, I'm going to divorce this bitch? No, no, that, no. that was yeah. her ex-husband's house. Natalie Portman's oh. father. Okay, yeah. all right. Or Natalie Portman's character's father, I guess I should say. Okay. Not her actual father. This was her second movie ever, wasn't it? Yeah. The professional was her first. Leon. I didn't like her too much on the first go-around, but the second time, I kind of warmed a little bit. She felt, felt you a just little thought she was too whiny? It was a little bit too much, and, and like I, I didn't really see the... Like, I understand that her father's not there, and she can't find her barrettes. I understand. God damn, that's a good scene, dude. The mom's yeah, reaction have, in that I scene. I agree. When she's, like, fucking she's reading. Just and- reading the fucking paper, man. <laughs> and she's like, okay, 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 we'll get it. Calm the fuck down. It's so perfect. Yep, yep. God, she nails it. So <laughs> she's pretty excellent. Yeah, she is. Who is that? I haven't seen her in much. Uh, man, I, this is probably, I think, the only movie I can think of that I've Diane Verona. No, uh, I've seen Romeo plus Juliet. I've seen Bird, and I've seen The Jackal. All right. I do not remember her in any of those movies. She has a new movie coming out called First Love. Holy crap! She was in Wolfen. Anyways, awesome in Duda. this, yes, sir. She's excellent. I don't know. I don't too much like her character, but uh, but I, I think she plays it really well. Um, I don't know. Are we supposed to feel for her? Like I, I, I don't. I, <laughs> Never get behind someone cheating. <laughs> like even if you're just trying to make a point. Like 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 I was talking to somebody about it earlier, and they were saying you know that uh, you know uh, yeah she cheated on him, but he cheated on her emotionally, so it makes it even with 
Wait, Robert what? De Niro. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. With with Pacino, like like basically, like he he was never there for her. That's what I said. Pacino uh, cheated on her emotionally with Robert De Niro. Oh, he was cheating with De Niro. I think he's been cheating with everybody. He's been like uh, chasing after his entire <laughs> life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's an interesting dichotomy. I mean, we're, we've already kind of talked about like the fact that these two guys are basically the same person, just on different sides of, of life decisions, right? I, I think both of them are showing how their lives could be. Like De Niro is is like, I'm I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. But then he sees all of his best friends with their wives and families and realizes, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. It's time to actually do something. Whereas Pacino is on his third marriage and it's not good. Like the, neither of them are are giving themselves to anything but their own work and their own drives and ambition, right? So like this, there's not a whole lot of difference between the two. One of them is alone; the other one is still alone. I do like that Pacino's relationships ending, and De Niro's just starting his. That's cool. I, 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 this is this is a well thought out film. It really is very very well thought out. I mean, I love De Niro's house. Like just how he doesn't have any furniture. Like 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 no he no he, he has is a chair one, man. Like what no, what more does he need? He's he has a, a chair. Pot. He's got a coffee pot. Some mugs. He has like he, you know he has like a couple mugs and like four plates and you know it's like very very bare. Uh, no, did he's he have a minimalist? Bed? Yeah, he's got a bed. Been Chris funny. just didn't want to sleep in. It'd be in funny a bed. if like Chris was like curled up at the foot of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not gonna sleep in your bed, dude. That's just weird. Why are you on the floor? <laughs> but that's cool. He, he lives his principle, you know. A hundred percent, yeah. And Pacino doesn't really have a house; he's staying with his with his uh, with his like girlfriend, basically. No, what? that's his wife. They're married. Yeah, they're Are married. they married? Yeah, they're talking yeah. about getting divorced. Okay. Well, then that's then that line does work when he's like my ex wife's house, <laughs> or like you know. Anyways, yeah. Wait, what? What are you talking about? <sighs> I'm trying to make it make sense, Brian. Just cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> ex husband's house, right? Ex husband's house. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Because now. Yeah. She's going to be. I got you. He, yeah. He's her ex-husband because he's like, fuck you. <laughs> no, he was he was emphasizing the fact that nothing in the house is his except, except for, the for that TV. TV. Which is, it's really funny because that's a really shitty TV. But maybe in yeah, 95 yeah. that was a good TV. No, it but was it's not. Just really, no, no, no. <laughs> what, what's amazing about that is like, like two scenes later when the two cops are in the hotel and they're like watching the guy from across the hotel room, they are watching on a bigger screen than Al Pacino's TV that he takes with him. Although, to be fair, Van Zant had a really fucking small TV. He was watching hockey right before he died, and he was, like, oh, super yeah. rich with a pool out back. So maybe that was a decent-sized TV in 95. I don't know. Now I'm rethinking you this. a 13-inch little tiny TV. <laughs> I just love that only both of them the call news. it a television set. He's like, this is my television set. And she's like, what are you doing with the television set? Like, who calls it a television set? What? That's what they were called back then. <laughs> It's oh, been like a TV it, for let's a long bring up the, time. Let's let's just bring up the console TV man, like the guy who actually has a console TV in in a shopping cart, but for some reason it's on. Like, how yeah. is it in yeah. a shopping cart and plugged in? Because all the shop owners would run uh, extension cords out there for him. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're makes, nice to the guy. You know? It makes no sense that that is turned on. I don't know. I, I mean, Michael Mann does his research well. I'm sure that he pulled something from real life. But, okay, according to IMDb, that dude literally was just a homeless person who lived in that location. And had the, a, had the local console? shop owners were like, yeah, I mean, he's harmless and nice. Like, let's 
put our extension cords out there and he can watch his TV out there. And, and because he was like there all the time at that one location, they decided to put him in the movie as a little, little bit part. So it, it, he was often actually watching a TV. So it was, it was okay. realistic for it to be turned on. Apparently, well, I did appreciate it being turned on in the back, in the, in the shopping cart like that. But it was really weird that it was on. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's real life, Jared. It's how weird real life can get. Yeah, man. You can't you can't write this shit. I did think it was pretty crazy that I don't know if it's actually true or not, but on all the behind the scenes and the director's commentary, they were touting that uh, no sets built for the film. It was all shot on location. I mean, no sets. Not at all. None of that was uh, built. No sound stages. Amazing. So many locations, so many, like, I don't know, so many angles. <laughs> it felt like they were just shooting constantly. They, they, like, is this a single yeah. camera, or are they, are they doing, like, No, they had at least two or three on most, most of these setups, for sure. I know they did for the, uh, the coffee shop scene, because they were specifically talking that they had three cameras set up for that at all times. 95 locations. That's a lot. Whew. 95 Whew. locations. N- yeah, damn. They shot 95 locations in 107 days. Holy shit. Fuck, that's moving. How many how many like rigging gaffer crews did they have to pre-rig shit? 400. <laughs> <laughs> the credit list was pretty long. Yeah, for 95. Yeah, it was. They were also talking about there there was uh, no CGI in the movie, but uh, there's a couple of green screen moments that are quite terrible. Uh well, I don't think they're terrible. I think they're actually pretty good. Ah, all I see is green mat lines, and I think the only place you can really that, spot it that it looks bad is the end. Um, when when De Niro is with uh, Amy Brennan at her house, and they're like standing up on the thing, talking and looking out at the the lights. Yeah, they specifically green screened that because they wanted the lights to be more prominent in the shot, and so they shot them on that location with green screen, portable green screen behind them. And then they shot those same angles without them in it. So then, you know, and they did it at like two or three frames a second or something like that, just to make the lights feel brighter. Yeah. And then they composited it in post. That looks great. But the light, every the lights, it, no, it, it doesn't. It doesn't look as good as it could because I, the, the lights are the lights are too no, in, dude. The, the lights are too in focus. They that, needed that to focus weird. where the original shot was. That was like, weird. I agree. Yeah. But what I was saying, like the first time I saw it, I, I was like, is that a composite? Like I asked myself yeah. that I was like, is that yeah. a composite? And then I was like looking at it and I was like, how are they getting this? Is this a composite? Her glass? Then, you can see through the fucking glass, dude. No, no. You can see that no, that's one of the things that that, that cued me. That it, it was a fucking dude, composite. but it it was an awesome fucking goddamn composite, bro. It is amazing. With a fucking glass. Glass. It it plays. It plays really well. I thought it was amazing. I don't know. I was it, impressed. It, it it threw me off because for all of the there's so many long lens shots in this movie. There's so many long lens shots, and all of the all of the bokeh looks really interesting, except in that shot. And like, there's not any bokeh, and it's just like, why why do we see so much of the city in such relative focus when every other shot before and after the background is all thrown thrown blurry? And it just I don't know that that one scene pulled me out of it for the sake of what they were trying to do. I don't think it worked as well as they wanted it to. I, w- I was just sitting over there. Just that's a really jizz into my pants. That's a nitpicky. That's a nitpicky point. I, <laughs> I, I was like almost licking the screen. I was like, Oh God, this is so fucking good. Oh God, this is amazing. No, 
I was more flabbergasted by like I can't go into a random bar and sit down and have some amazing woman like start being interested in what the fuck I'm reading. She's like, well, you oh, got you got to go that, to the bookstore first and that, then hope that she's a creeper enough to follow you there. Is that that's, a, the, that's the kicker? Is that a book on Star Trek spaceships? And I'm like, oh yeah, I happen to know all about the Discovery. Okay, well. <laughs> You know, may- maybe we need to adjust our reading material, Jared. <laughs> Get some more metal material. I'm like, you know, I happen to have a podcast you can listen to. <laughs> that always gets them. <laughs> why are you interested in me and what Actually, my podcast is about? I don't know why she ghosted me at all. Oh, bro, trust me, I'm living that life. But but I think I've learned that you know the podcast is really kind of like a like a like a double edged sword because someone who can like meet me for the first time i have to learn who they are but they listen to the podcast and they get like all kinds of deep shit on me like (laughs) it's a little unfair that's what you get for living your life online that's right we're out here we out here (laughs) y'all and on that note i think it's trailer time (laughs) (laughs) let's get recentered brian (laughs) fair enough this is the trailer for michael mann's heat we'll be back he's here search for the scent of your prey and then you hunt them down that's the only thing you're committed to it keeps me sharp on the edge where i gotta be you want to be making moves on the street allow nothing to be in your life that you cannot walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you spot the heat around the corner my life's a disaster zone because i spend all my time chasing guys like you around the block I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. Trying to stop guys like me. You've been walking through our life dead. All I am is what I'm going after. From the Godfather to Scent of a Woman. What do we got? From Raging Bull to Goodfellas. Soon they got our phones. Soon they got our houses. Soon they got us. Their performances have created a legacy of landmark films. I want full surveillance. That's 24 hours, round the clock. We never close open seven days a week. Now, for the first time, America's two most electrifying actors collide. With this guy, there's no cheap you should pass. The bank is worth the risk. You should take it down. 12.2 million. You're up. This crew is good. It ain't worth the risks you take. Like in risk versus reward, baby. You're a fugitive number one with a bullet. I'm double the worst trouble you ever had. If I'm there and I gotta put you away, I won't like it. But I'll tell you, you are going down. What if you do got me boxed in? And I gotta put you down. Because no matter what, you will not get in my way. I will not hesitate. For a second. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer in a Michael Mann film. Heat. All right, we're back. That was a trailer for Michael Mann's Heat. Ooh, man, I got fucking goosebumps, motherfuckers. Man, <laughs> talking about selling a movie on the actors, right? <laughs> I don't know. There's some really happy music happening. Is that happy, man? I love that. I love that. Ooh, <laughs> building tone. 
But also, the only thing I can really think about while watching that trailer is like how crazy fucking Val Kilmer's wig is. You think that was a wig? Well, he was shooting Batman at the same time. Oh shit! That's a, yeah, he was. Yo, what's crazy about it? They went with long hair. That it's blonde. I don't think it looks bad. You think it looks bad? I don't know. It's like it, I was trying to think: is is it hair extensions or is it a wig? And I was thinking about what his hair looked like in Batman, and it's got to be like a full wig, right? Yeah, I would assume. Yeah, there's no way that they could like put those extensions in like that. He's just got this like crazy. It's it's like it's like if you even if you look at the poster, he's got this like crazy hair going on. He looks kind of rough, and then later when he gets his hair all cut off and he like shows up at, at, at outside uh, Super Hot's. Um, <laughs> oh, that, that's Ashley fucking Judd, man. Yeah, oh, she's so fine in this movie. Oh, bro. she's so. She's got a great ass. He, he's, he's looking pretty rough uh, standing outside there. I was like, damn, he he's is pretty bad. He is looking pretty rough, despite his very obviously fresh haircut. <laughs> well, they just took the wig off. <laughs> Yeah, and lined them up around the edges, and looks like they did a little bit of of color on the t- tips. I don't know. It looks yeah, he looked like Batman. They're a little rough, <laughs> a little bloated. There's some scars on his face. The scar's nice. I like the scar. The scar is good. Yeah, he lo- he looks a little weathered, you know. But you know, he has been shot <laughs> and put back together by a fucking dentist or something. Um. <laughs> Jeremy Piven. That was a, a nice moment though between him and his wife. Like like all for all the marital trouble that they've been having. And and the whole like she's gonna betray him for the sake of giving him to the cops, and she can have a, a life. And then she does that one little move, and they've clearly had this conversation before. Man, I love that scene. That's got an amazing fucking crane shot uh, when she steps out on that balcony, and it's her close up, and it it pulls back and starts panning away, and then you can see the the police detective around the corner listening, and then it goes down and picks up the car. And it cranes yeah. all the way down to the hood of the car. And it's just like, holy fuck. Yeah, man. It's nice. It's nice. Be- very illustrative of, of the kinds of camera moves that they, they do in this movie. Just, It's almost bombastic camera moves, but it, I think it totally works for all of this. There's just so much great like world-building like, camera work. Like Even when you think about when he goes to kill Trejo, and Trejo's like, on, on, the, on the ground, and he pulls the gun up, and, and like you know he, he pulls it up to his face. And then it's on this like profile shot of him on the ground, and him he pulls the gun down to his face, and then the camera like racks out past them to the cityscape outside, and then you cut out to the the house on stilts, and then you see the flash in the window. Those little beats, or there's a scene where De Niro's talking to uh, John Voight, and he's like standing out by a car, but you can like see off down into the distance. Oh, you in can the freeway. See the freeway that fucking shot is so fucking pretty dude yeah. and it's it, you just feel the vastness of LA like you, like you always have so much like crazy distance and then and even even when even when uh de niro is sitting on the porch and, and the guys in the wheelchair the guy from last action hero who plays the crazy dude <laughs> Tom with the axe yeah he just pulls it out of the air you just you just <laughs> gonna know how to reach out and grab it yeah, yeah it's just floating around i know i know I, I know how to grab it i love de niro's reaction shot to that line he's just like what <laughs> hey, you can tell he's like I, i'm not gonna say anything i'm not gonna say okay. anything i'm gonna let it go okay i'm gonna let yeah, it go but but you know you see michael mann's direction and his blocking so, is so strong that even in that scene like it's two people sitting and talking but then in the two shot it cuts and you can see john voight in you know, halfway through the scene, you see him in the reflection of the glass behind yeah, him, and yeah, then you yeah. cut wide yeah. out to him out there. 
it's just it's just so good. He he know he knows how to build space and 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 how to block things really interesting, especially like with all the like in those dialogue scenes. There's not a lot of cutting going on, and he just kind of builds these really great moments with with camera and blocking. Yeah, I would not want to work on one of his sets. You imagine how many fucking shots that dude gets. <laughs> oh, oh, the setups. Yeah, no shit, man. Well, just thinking about when, when at the beginning, when uh, when De Niro's like walking through the um, through the fucking like that the hospital, and, and like there's all the random cuts. Like you're like we like, we're gonna oh, like do man. a little that's tilt a, uh, over, over so all these good. computer screens, and then we're gonna cut in and like you know now we, as he passes, you see somebody getting worked on uh, over in the uh, emergency area, and then they cut in and do a little thing. There's like all this match cut shots going on, just bam, 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 bam. Just so much energy to it. I don't it's know. Amazing. Some of that could have been like second unit. I mean, like that—that that is for all intents and purposes. It felt the same time, like it's because because of all the match the match cutting stuff. Yeah, but it's it's that's like um, what am I trying to say? Um, that's title c- credit, whatever that's called. <laughs> I'm totally blanking on every word ever. Oh, uh, are you talking about the like the? It's title opening sequences? titles. Yeah, it's like it's an opening title sequence. Thank you, Brian. Jesus, COVID is not fun, guys. <laughs> 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 Don't tell everybody you're infected. They won't be able to listen. They're going to get COVID in their ears. I, that's exactly how that works. Absolutely. Well, if my microchip transmits to your microchip, we're having a microchip party. No, but I was saying like that, that, could be, that could be first unit, but it could also be second unit, like just hanging out and getting some of those extra shots while they're doing, I don't know, 95 fucking locations in what, 107 days? Yep, that's what they said. That's, that's a lot of fast moving and three and four cameras at a time. How much money does it take to have 90 some odd locations? $60 million. $60 million. You know, you have to remember, too, wow. this is... Uh, With helicopters. 90, yeah, two of the yeah. biggest actors like working in film at that time. Oh, bro, I saw the trailer. I know. Oh, it's the first time they ever shared a, a scene together in a movie, too. It was, it was a big deal. I mean, yeah, wasn't all the marketing surrounding like the fact that it was like a face-off between De Niro and Pacino? Yeah. It's just like in Clerks, you know, you get all this new music in this one. You know, you get these great actors. Yeah, yeah. Totally cut from the same cloth. That's 100%. Especially the script, you know. <laughs> Talk of all the great fucking asses and all that. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back around. Nailed it. Yes, Way sir. to go. Way to go. Head to tie it You were reaching for it, and you finally you hit it. You, you <laughs> well, if you it. reach, if you reach you hard enough, it. you'll grab something <laughs> eventually. Don't waste my motherfucking time! <laughs> Don't waste my motherfucking time! You be there. <laughs> who's the, who's the actor uh, with the really deep voice that he meets at that club? That's Tone Loke. Is that Tone Loke? Yeah, from uh, well, you know, Isn't he a, Bubba outside of his in... music career. Uh, what was the uh, Ace no, Ventura? That's not. That's not. But he's Ace Ventura. Oh my God, that's where I remember him from. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow, you just like cracked my brain open. Because the whole time I was watching that scene, I was like, I know this guy from something. <laughs> and the other guy's, uh, what was it, like his cousin or something? <laughs> the the guy that, uh, he's a comic. He's like, my, he's like, he's my cousin was supposed to meet you here. You bring him here now. He's like, well, you know, he's, he's just not here. He's just taking care of something he's else. In, like, he's in Phoenix. He's in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I just like how... That scene is so interesting because it, 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 you don't know who this dude is, and just De Niro's just on him, you know. And that, that's another one that plays out in those like medium close-ups, just back forth, back forth. Well, I love you know? the intro to that scene. Like it's it's early morning. Like they the sound effects literally have has two uh, roosters crowing in that, just so you know it's really really subtle and and nuanced. But <laughs> it's like very early, 
And then as soon as that fucking door opens, you just see people running in the background. And he just goes straight for that one guy. The whole scene, you still still see guys just, cops are here, get, let's get out. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. It's, <laughs> it's a weird place, though, because like, the front looks like it's a pit bull, I don't know, like fight arena. Yeah. And he walks through, and then it's a, a chop shop up in the back. I don't know. Uh, I think it was a chop shop, yeah. Very bizarre. It's like, yeah, we, you know, we do a little bit of illegal here. We do illegal here. You know, we, we do it all. I do like when they, was, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, Jared. I was gonna say it was really nice to uh, to see Frank Azaria again uh, a- after our Frank birdcage. Hank Azaria? Is it? Oh, is it? God damn it! <laughs> well, my, my head I was like, to, that's to a to good Frank. one. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really cool to see Hank Azaria again, especially after our birdcage romp with him. It's cool to see him in a in a different role. <laughs> he was shooting that uh, the same time he was shooting this movie. No way, really. Yeah. That's why his eyebrows were so manicured. <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> he works hard for that money. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the best comedies we've ever done. Yeah. It really is. Accurate. Why did uh, Robert De Niro bring uh, the girl a glass of water after their first one-night stand? And making that really awesome, like, um, <laughs> with that napkin around it, folding it like know, that. Wow, right? what a badass, dude. You know, hey, man, if, if, if she's really worth it, you'll show her that you know you have a little bit of class, that you know how to, like, wrap a glass properly. I was just like, wait, did he write a note? No, 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 just a glass no, no, of water no, no, and a napkin. Just, just <laughs> no, a perfectly wrapped he's napkin. He's thoughtful. He's, you know, he's he, not going to wake he, her he, up. He's going <laughs> to leave in the middle of the night. He's just, he's just like, here, if she wakes up. She's going to know that he instantly worked in a hotel, in a fine hotel, for like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> like folding napkins. I don't know. They, I, maybe, I guess they were trying to say that like he's, he's a psychopath and he's trying to identify with somebody and do a nice gesture and he doesn't really know how to do it. Well, no, he, 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 may, be, he may be you know a bad guy, but he's got a little class. All right. Okay. He learns about rocks and stuff. <laughs> it's metals. Why, why was he studying metals? For, oh. the, for the metal stealing oh, job. Oh, they, they, they the were going to do that heist, but then they... Yeah. Yeah. Man. And you know, you, you're totally expecting Pacino to lose his shit in that scene when the guy fucks up and, like, you know, sits down and, like, hits the gun against the, the truck and, and kind of blows the entire gig. And you're expecting him to lose his shit, but he, like, they just play it on this, like, you know, this, you know, come down moment. Well, they, they have that nice reaction shot where... You know, again, Michael Mann's so good about this, but it's when they're all exiting the truck, that one cop is standing there. And he's like, oh. And he's getting ready to walk out of the truck, and he's just like, oh, I can't even, oh, I don't even want to be around these guys. I fucked up so bad. <laughs> Ruined everything. It's, it's just nice little character moments, man. Everybody's got good looks. Like at the bar, uh, not the bar, it's the diner, where Robert De Niro slams Wingro's head into the table. And Tom Sizemore oh, just looks at the one guy that's looking <laughs> oh, over. Oh, he's just staring at that dude? Over yeah. Him. He's just like, like you're going to do something, bitch. You're going to do something? something. <laughs> the yeah. guy's like, my eggs look really good right now. It's just, ah, it, it, it's, it's just a look, but it says so much. It's so well done. I like how they're they go. It's like I'm, I'm fucking it, ready to end this guy or whatever. And they like go to take him out, and they've already got the fucking like trunk all lined and fucking trash bags and shit. No, he that. didn't say he was going to end him. He said I no I've pulled from everybody's stuff, and we're going to pay him off so we don't have to deal with him again. No, they were going to go kill him. They, yeah, they, they no, were taking no, him I know, but, to kill but, him. The, but the lines that they're telling him was we're going to pay you off so we don't have to see you ever again. And they all three knew what that meant. 
Oh, yeah. Trejo's been out there fucking lining that damn uh, <laughs> that trunk <laughs> yeah. with trash yeah. bags for the last 45 minutes. Yeah, he's like, I gotta, I gotta take a leak. <laughs> gotta, <laughs> gotta set up my car. That's another nice moment of blocking. Just I, everybody at that diner table, like everybody is, is sitting down, and then when Wayne Grove gets up, or no, it's when um, Robert De Niro's character comes in, both of the guys, Danny Trejo and, and Tom Sizemore, that are sitting on the outside of the bench, both of them get up. To let yeah. Robert De Niro sit wherever he wants, you know, and then yeah. once De Niro yeah. sit down, that's when Tom Sizemore comes sit down. It's just nice little blocking things like that. Oh man, it's just uh, it's so good, man. Respect. I, I love this movie. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, did you guys? Um, I, I sent the the link over for L.A. Takedown. Oh, I didn't get a chance to look at it, Brian. I didn't get a chance to watch it either. I did, however, um, rewatch The Dark Knight, and holy shit, you are really? not kidding. It's not like beat for beat, but man, there's so much tone from this that that he uses. It's it's Same it's a very right? it's a very well. Well, that was the other thing that that struck me really quickly is just that that drone is a really prominent thing. First in this, but like in Dark Knight, like it feels like the whole movie is built like score wise around that that drone tone that just keeps recurring. The building guitar note, yeah, it's nice. I they they uh, I, I do like the Joker has the uh, the look at me, which is what you know Robert De Niro says to Wayne Grove right before he kills him. Yep, yep. He does the repeat look at me. I, I you know they're, they're nice little homage moments. And what is that William uh, Fletchner? He's also uh, he's oh yeah he's back in it again. Yeah, in a very similar character. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this time he's running the bank. You know how you're stealing from. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't matter, man. This money's yeah. insured up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars, y'all. It's not your money. <laughs> let it bleed. Oh, I love there. that. Just, yeah, stay there. Just let it bleed. This is probably the coolest fucking Robert De Niro has ever been on fucking screen, man. I mean, like, just always in control and a badass. Like even in Goodfellas, you know, he's still a badass in there, but you know, he ages. He gets a little old. He's got the gray hair toward the end of the movie. Not, you know, not so cool. Taxi driver, a little too crazy. <laughs> Just a little. We need to talk about the high scene, man. We haven't even brought that up. Damn. We have not even talked about that scene, and that's probably the biggest highlight. Yeah, definitely had me on my on the edge of my seat. You know, super, um, I don't know, man. It's like, I just don't see how you can, like, run around <laughs> that out in the open and not just fucking die instantly with that many guns going off. I'm just like, man, just I just knew that someone was going to get clipped. But they lasted a pretty damn long while running through the streets. They took like out that. a lot of fucking cops too. Yeah, man. Like a, they, there's six or seven like like close up shots of cops going down. They're all pretty good shots. And and like the whole like one of them is covering and suppressing, and then they're shouting "go," and then the others are going. And man, they they definitely have have done this work before in some sort of professional situation outside of trying to steal things. I just love how they're all so excited when they're leaving and they think they got away with it. Yes. Like, <laughs> Dude. Val, Val Kimmer's Kimmer like, yeah. smile, man. He's like, oh, fuck yeah. And he's like, he's oh, like, yeah, we got shit. it. <laughs> Dude, how quickly. He, quick, though. So quick. Well, you know. He goes he, from he smile looking, to shooting. Just He was looking right at him, you know. Damn. Yeah. But should he have shot? Or they, uh, well, I guess they're just pretty much a sitting duck if they instantly get in the car. I mean, at that point, like you're seeing the guys from across the street. They both have weapons. Like you see a shotgun and an automatic weapon. You know what they're there for. There's no reason to to you know think that they don't know who it is. And so if you if you rob a bank, 
they can just instantly kill you, I guess. Well, the fact that they all had automatic weapons, yeah. The threat, I guess. And they did and they, shoot I guess first. They, yeah, well, they did shoot first, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess that's what you're kind of asking, isn't it? If, if he hadn't shot at them, could they have shot at them back? Not necessarily. They would have probably... Theoretically, shout all put about shooting down a fucking running like away. They'll <laughs> 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 shoot you in the back, no matter what. But to be fair, like at the end of the movie, uh, De Niro had shot the guy up in, in the in the uh, in the room, but he didn't know that. What De Niro like murdered a whole bunch of people in in the shootout scene? Like, what are we talking about? Oh, so it doesn't matter at that point. Yeah, yeah, take him out, uh, dude. Yes, and he killed Van Zant earlier, and Pacino knew about that. So no, that was great. Uh, yeah, the, the, the motherfuckers are crazy. And oh, Ted Levine's fucking his his death scene, dude. Like the big eyes that he, oh man, the shocked look on his face when he gets shot is terrifying. I don't know why that fucking it really is that disturbs the fuck out of me. <laughs> it's too real. <laughs> and I, there's another shot. Uh, it, it's this really weird, like high angle, and it's looking down on a, 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 this crowd of people, and it's when like the first couple of shots ring out. And it's a real quick shot, and they just they just duck down, and I find that disturbing as well. Where was that? Uh, it's it's in the shootout scene. It's like right after um, Val Kilmer. It, it's when he turns and starts shooting at Al Pacino, and then it cuts real quick. And there's this high angle shot of uh, I think it's the courtyard in between the two buildings, mm-hmm. and it's just a group of people. It's you know doing their business, and they all duck down real quick. And it's like a two second shot. Yeah, it feels real, but it's disturbing because. I, I grew up on 80s and, and 90s actions movies, and, like, you think about all the cops that just will bring out, a, like, Dirty Harry just bust out the Magnum 44 uh, right away, you know, <laughs> and just starts boom, 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 boom. Does not give a shit who is, what bystander is nearby. And in all those films, all the pedestrians, they're all fine. They're okay. Like, even in, I don't know, uh, Sudden Impact, Dirty Harry goes in, uh, has a shootout in a diner, and it's crowded full of people. No innocent people get hurt. It's just weird that shot even exists. Yeah, well, they make a point to bring it up in this one. He's like, you know, he's like, you know, watch your watch your you know sight lines and make sure everything's clear. Well, it's also the difference between the good guys and the bad guys. The bad guys have those automatic weapons and they don't give a shit who they're shooting at. The cops all have, if well, maybe they're automatic weapons, but they're semi-automatic and they're firing. So they're they're firing slowly and trying to be a little bit more meticulous about not hitting innocent bystanders. Yeah, and they're running around, get down, get down, and like yeah. when they, uh, yeah. and toward the end, like he runs to that car park, and and like Man, you know, those people yeah. at that grocery store—that's the part that gets me, dude. Because like <laughs> they're pushing those carts around and like trying to run, they don't know which way to go. Like they're spinning around, like he's just like, get down, get down, and Daenerys was fucking shooting at whoever. Like you're you're near him, I'm gonna shoot you. You don't give a fuck. Surprised there weren't more casualty, like you know, collateral damage. <laughs> Well, I think you see two or three at least in in that grocery store parking lot. Like, there's one guy with like a green apron that's like laying on the ground. Looks like he's gotten shot. Damn. Oh yeah, that first cop that's like running after him, man, dude. That guy gets yeah. lit right. <laughs> oh, he goes down. Yeah. How many days do you think it took him to film that that whole sequence? I don't know. They were only allowed to shoot it on the weekends, though. Which I it's that kind of like blows my. I, I guess it would help him, but just to do two days and then to stop and have to come back. And pick God, up and you remember, imagine? you know, and put the yeah. cars back all where they were and remember what bullet holes were already hit. And Yeah, I noticed that the, the, the sun was changing a bit during those, especially at the grocery store. Like, you know, the sun comes out halfway through that scene. Uh, the matching 
with that. But like, man, just to think that they did that over multiple days uh, and even weeks is, is really impressive because it, it, it flows really nicely. Yeah. How would you even like do that kind of stuff coming back six days later without having someone like cutting that material to say, all right, this is what the dailies have given us and this is where we're at. This is what we still need. Wow. Yeah. They did hire fucking four editors. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy. They, they said they were like sleeping in shifts. Poor bastards. They were just always there. How long was the post production on this? Uh, it was it was pretty short. It was like uh, they they have three months, I think. After, after holy it. shit, really? Yeah, damn. Uh, the gun sound effects are really amazing as well. Apparently, a lot of that was like live capture uh, on set audio, which sounds really amazing. But like you know, a lot of it, knowing after after I'd seen it once and knowing that like a lot of the actual like um, ammunition sounds are, are are on set capture, it it it, it adds like a depth to it. It doesn't sound like it's super close a lot of the time. You actually feel yeah. you feel yeah, the distance, feel you know, and then you can hear you can hear the gunshots like bouncing off the buildings. Like you yeah. can hear the echoes of them. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. pretty amazing. It ma- it makes it feel more realistic. Like 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 it's like documentary kind of. I totally yeah. Agree. That that sort of reverberance across the buildings. That stuff is really really hard to like duplicate in in a, a believable sense. Yeah, I found it really interesting. I've seen videos online and stuff of, of like, you know, uh, places in Brazil and places like that where uh, gangs have gone through and, and you hear like gunshots going th- off throughout the city, like, you know, all that. It, dude, it was exactly like that. Like, it is it's like too real. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It, it, like a very visceral feeling. Because sometimes when, when like gunshots in movies are like overproduced, it kind of adds to the drama of thinking that this is like, it's that suspension of disbelief. It's so over the top. This just felt raw. Raw is a good word for it, for sure. Raw and sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did, I, I want to make a point to watch it again with headphones on and, and actually really try to like dial into the sound. But I think I might get my ears blown out at certain points. No, <laughs> dude, th- this is uh, th- this is one of those movies like five point one. Mm-hmm. It was made for this. Yeah, made for it, man. Yeah. I wish I'd seen it in the theater. I've seen it in the theater. I didn't see it in its original release, but I, I've I've seen it since. They did. Uh, what was it? Two thousand seventeen. I don't know. What another twenty uh, twenty twentieth anniversary? That'd have been fifteen. Two thousand fifteen. There we go. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Math is hard. Coming up on that 30, bro. Yeah, no kidding. That's crazy. I was watching a Q&A. Uh, Christopher Nolan uh, moderated, and uh, the director of photography <laughs> was, of Heat was on the uh, was on the Q&A, and they, they were talking back and forth. Um, and anyway, at, at the, the end of the conversation, the cinematographer was talking how much he enjoyed doing the, the digital... Um, the digital cleanup for the 4K print, and he was uh, going on and on about the digital 4K projected quality. was It was great. And then Christopher Nolan interjects, and he's like, well, the film print, and the DP just immediately shuts him down. He's like, I've seen the film print. This 4K digital copy is better. Damn. Christopher Nolan. Shutting down Christopher Nolan yeah. for a film print. <laughs> Christopher Nolan was like, uh, okay, I'm going to respectfully ignore that uh, remark. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was uh, that was nice. There's some good good filmy moments in this. There's a lot of a lot of very sexy grain for sure. There were a couple shots that sort of stood out to me visually 
from from like a, a color perspective like there's so much like really i love the color palette in this whole movie i love how all the all the blues are a little bit more teal and i don't know how how they shoot la and somehow manage to get all of the lights to either be like this yellowy golden nice and this blue teal those are amazing but there's a couple shots like the one when when trejo is dying where things feel a little bit more um desaturated a little more golden uh, and then especially when when Al Pacino's at the uh, police station and he does those like four like I'm on the phone then I turn around into the shot moments some of those feel a little bit more bleach bypass did you see any of that Jared I'm trying to think about what, what you're talking about but no nothing like that jumped out at me I, I just remember it just like looking of its time but also just like really fucking cool like it has it has a greediness to it but it's also like it's just shot so fucking well man the camera it is, is really so strong well. There's yeah. so, and, and just the amount of coverage in, in, in the action scenes, but then how it slows down during dialogue stuff. Like, and it just like the, the definite pace and the beat, uh, you know, I don't know, man. For, for being an almost three-hour movie, dude, it, it really, I think it flows really well. It's, it's, it's one of the best-paced three-hour movies I've seen. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with that. Mm-hmm. Can, we, can we talk about that, that textbook fucking 180 break? There's two. Oh, the are you talking about? <laughs> well, there's a couple. Yeah. No. The, so the one, there's the one, one that's, that's literally beautiful. textbook where where De Niro is talking to Amy Brennan and they, it starts on the one side of the line. Yep. And they're behind the yeah. counter and then literally dollies over and then they're open to each other and he's like, oh, let's let's have a little conversation. So beautiful. It yeah. is excellent, and that that's a that's a, a perfect use of breaking the one eighty because it like happens during the shift of dialogue. It's well, kind of when when he changes his his like you know he's like oh yeah you know well that's that is the scene that has been been shown to me several times like that was that was my familiarity with this movie was was talking about that scene and the way really? that man uses that that one eighty break to influence the perception of the characters and between the characters and the emotions that's changing yeah. I think they did the same thing, possibly. But uh, do you n- remember the scene where De Niro goes uh, into the kitchen and he and he confronts the uh, the cook about um, joining the crew, and he's got to make the decision right now. They they break the one eighty multiple times in that up until the point where he decides to go ahead, and then it's it shifts and stays on the right side of the of the frame. He's got to make the choice, man. Yeah, it's kind of jarring because they're in the same position, back and forth, back and forth. When he's like, and he's trying to decide, and once he decides, yeah, then it then it flips back to the other side. But it's done with cuts instead of camera movement, um, and it stays in a more natural frame, back and forth, back and forth. Sexy dude, I'm telling. I, 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 it is it is sexy. It's thought out. <laughs> it's, it's nice. It's on purpose. Like things like that felt on purpose. It wasn't fucking, you know, Robert Rodriguez shooting because that's what he thought was the right thing to do instead of like actually thinking about it. Yep, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Robert Rodriguez, even in the most recent fucking episodes of Boba Fett, say, don't break still Boba breaking Fett into the this. goddamn Jesus line, Christ. bro. <laughs> still, I don't think he knows what the still. line is. <laughs> what line? Oh, there's a line. The only line I know is where I sign these checks. <laughs> <laughs> Are we at ratings here? All right, who's going first? I think Kristen should go first. <laughs> Yeah, Kristen's not here, so we can't talk about how this is like a man movie and why only dudes love this movie. And I've never heard of a woman that is like, oh, Heat is my favorite movie. My wife loves this movie. <laughs> because you showed it to her. 
I, I bet she didn't see it before you. Yeah. I don't know. Didn't ask. All right, go go wake her up. <laughs> <laughs> don't you don't you dare. <laughs> She's like Brian. Leave me alone. <laughs> well, I made the same. Go play with your friends on the internet. I made the same comment to her. Uh, I was you know, it's like it's, it's you know, this is a guy film, and she's like, "What? No, everybody likes Heat. This is that's a it's a classic." She's like, "Guy Ritchie didn't do that." Go dip. She watches Wrath of Man with me too. Yeah, Wrath of Man tried to do what this movie did for the uh, the opening scene with the the truck heist. That's what that's what Wrath of Man wanted it to be. Dude, you're totally right. Yeah, but this one—that's why, that's why Wrath the Man like didn't work for me in that opening bit. You hadn't seen this by that point. What are you talking about? I know, about? but I'm saying like the reason why they tried to make those weird decisions in Wrath the Man was because they're like, well, we can't just repeat what Heat did. So let's just do, do like that. Children of Men style and let the camera roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, they show it to you three times. God, you get so picky. God. <laughs> Fuck you, Brian. <laughs> I don't like watching it this way this time. No, it's a bad angle. <laughs> <laughs> fine, fine. Enjoy yourselves, guys. Come on. All right. Anyway, Mike. Oh man, this movie was uh, a seminal experience watching De Niro and Pacino on screen for an entire scene together. Um, fuck, man, the acting in this is so good. The directing is so good. There's just there's there's so much like I could just gush about how well executed this movie is like Michael Mann is a fucking brilliant genius when it comes to constructing a story of, of subtle characters who are interacting with their world in a way that, that we just want to know more about them. And the guy knows how to set some fucking tone. The character arcs in this are fantastic. I, I really, I didn't expect to love all of the close-ups because this movie is like 80% close-ups. Um, but fuck it works and that is in no small part thanks to the titans of acting that they have on screen for this um man there's not a whole lot about this that i can say that 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 didn't work for me i do feel the length um but that's more in subsequent viewings the first time i watched it when i didn't know what was happening and i didn't know what was gonna happen i was just on the edge of my fucking seat and i loved every second of it uh this is a masterful film and I think everyone who cares about how to execute good movies should watch this multiple times. I'm going to watch it again. Probably not again in the next week, but maybe like in six months or another year. Um, Maybe I'll do it with the sound off just to see a little bit more of his pacing because fuck, man, the editing is so good in this. Yeah. Yeah. This this film is a fucking masterpiece. There's tiny little like really nitpicky things that I could pick at more, but they're so small, and the accomplishment of this movie doesn't deserve to have those spoken of. This is a fucking 10. The man threw down the 10. Coming out strong. Man, man, what? he's their man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should do a whole man month. Don't fucking tempt me, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the middle of, of his uh, amazing trilogy. He, he had one of the best runs. Last Mohicans, Heat, The Insider. That was this motherfucker's 90s. Inside Man? No, the Insider, motherfucker. <laughs> Why do you keep saying the Inside Man? That's a Spike Lee joint. Because <laughs> it's Michael Mann. <laughs> man. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> it's my rug, man. Um, okay, so this movie has been haunting me for years, and I've never seen it. I actually still 
have a DVD copy of this in the wrapper on my shelf uh, wow. that has the Walmart like sticker on it that I probably picked up in a $5 <laughs> bin one day. It was just like, oh, I've heard this is a good movie. And it's just been sitting there. You, you, you've owned it since DVDs? Yes. Haven't watched it? <laughs> I never watched oh, it. Oh, Radio World, if you could see Brian's face of abject anger. Disappointed! Disappointed! <laughs> you know, but like the whole point of this this podcast was to get me to watch films that I've, I've never seen and, and, and be able to open my, my film mind, open my third, my third eye blind. Um, <laughs> well, if you've got a one-hit wonder from this, then it's all worth Bro, they it. had more than one hit, bro. You fucking fight me, bro. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I can't even tell you. What is happening right now? Uh, I'm doing my review. Um, <laughs> this film is like extremely well made. Why is that I'm funny? Sorry, no, I was, I was thinking of Look. Third Eye Blind Song. Sorry. <laughs> I was cracking myself up. Sorry, sorry. I know it's funny to think that a director would go this far to plan out so many badass scenes and have such so, such strong characters with with incredible like like the way to tie them all together. I, I love a story that can weave everything in and everything has a purpose. And, and I know that it feels like there are things that could have been you probably, you know, today, this film, they would have cut an hour out of it. You know what I mean? They, they, they would have shortened it way down and we would have missed all that stuff. But that's the cool thing about reading a book is you get way more interesting stuff on the characters. And this film actually took some time to build a backstory on these characters, even though, like with the, what, like with the cook, we, we get his story. So it actually it's more impactful at the end when he when he gets taken down. This is the best movie I've seen in a long time. I, I actually like was giddy watching it again for the second time because I like I think I think like we, we've talked about this a lot in the past like when you have these like really long epic films sometimes you really do need to watch them a few times to kind of like really like kind of catch it all because it's it's going by so fast and especially if you know more about the story then you can really dig into it more and you actually see the the quote-unquote genius behind it and it's really neat to see these actors at the top of their game I think De Niro was like I'm sorry like uh, Pacino was like 55 when he did this, which yeah. is insane. He's like running around like a madman. <laughs> I'd be having a heart attack out there at 55. <laughs> I mean, no one looks good when they're running with a shotgun. Let's be honest. Come on. And, and Brian and I talked about this before. Like, wasn't, uh, Pacino also supposed to be a cokehead in this. Like, wasn't he supposed to be doing blow or yeah, was that just, that was, or was like that just written, apparently. written into the backstory or, or did they actually shoot scenes of him? Like fucking doing rails and they just didn't include it. Pacino said on in, in one of the interviews uh, on the disc, yeah, he said that they they shot a scene oh, really? where he did coke, um, and Michael Mann didn't correct him. Michael Mann was sitting right beside him, so I don't know. What do you mean? Like, 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 obviously had to be. He didn't correct him. Well, Michael like, like, Mann you know, has always like, said like, that it was a, <laughs> like Pacino just pulls out his own stash. He's like, ooh, ah. Well, <laughs> no, he means like he, Michael Mann didn't say no. We didn't actually shoot that scene. He didn't. He didn't correct the. the oh, rec- yeah. okay. Okay. The well, recollection ex- was not corrected. That might explain some of his crazy ass. You know. Well, that was that was <laughs> the point of of the backstory is that that he has a little bit of that craziness just. I'm glad that yeah. they didn't include that because it makes his character a little like little more 
squeaky clean. It's like, it's like it's like his whole the thing that drags him down is the work. That's the thing that he's pushing for. It's not like that he, you know he he has a bad home life and all that, and he's not he's not he he copes with it by going out and and doing more work. No, it's he like has that, a that, bad home life because he's doing the work. He's not coping with the bad home life to do the work. He's what I'm saying. No, but like he goes home. And and, and 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 like there's a scene where he's in the kitchen and he's like fuck it and the next thing you know he he just he grabs his coat and he fucking leaves and he's on a helicopter and they're and they're yeah. and they're, and they're tracking yeah. the cars down like like he, he'd much rather be out doing that you know I like that more than him like you know going home and and like you know uh, having a failing marriage and and a crazy stepdaughter who's fucking suicidal and and he's fucking like you know doing rails uh, yeah I, th- I think it's I think that was a good choice not to do that and we didn't even bring that up Natalie Portman's in this film. Uh, and, and has a crazy um, suicide scene. What you guys think about the random suicide scene? Was that needed? Was that like it's just another layer on top of his crazy life, or was that a way to kind of needed bring him is a back strong to her? word to, to to lay on top of that? I, I think it was um, just as neat as a, as Dennis Haysbert's whole whole like four scenes. I think it it does a lot to give depth to what Pacino is dealing with and, and who he is as a person. And then also more specifically, like we kind of did already talk about, he has nothing as a person. Like the fact that her dad doesn't actually know uh, anything that's going on with her. Like they, they reference that a few times Does her dad know, know what's going on with this kid. He doesn't know what's going on with, with his stepdaughter. And then that's why it's such a surprise when he shows up to his hotel room and that she's there. And he's like, oh, fuck. Like, this is the last thing I need to happen. Like, so he's also ignoring his own life. Again, I think this is just illustrative of the fact that they're they're the same person. They're both alone. De Niro is physically alone, but not lonely. And Pacino is not... He's he's lonely while not being actually alone. So, like, they're, they're just a really interesting mirror image of each other. Yeah, I love it. This film is definitely a 10. It, it, it is high art filmmaking to me like it, it, this this is definitely a film a film there you go I'm, I'm also gonna give it a 10 yeah it's great it's a masterpiece what needs to be said that you guys haven't already said brilliant i do think it's interesting that this is it's one of those movies it's shot on film it's it's uh it's one of those go-to like when people say anamorphic i think of heat i think of die hard these are yeah. like oh man these are just movies yeah, that sure. I, I think cir- of circular flares in the car amazing it's it's bizarre that michael mann ends up like later in his career i think it was was it, it was collateral i think was the first one and it just goes digital yeah. and kind of abandons <laughs> collateral this had a mix collateral had a mix but the majority of it was digital. yeah almost all of being it. able to shoot it all all at night with with natural lights the end was shot I think on the film. night stuff was film no the night no, stuff, the night is stuff digital. was all digital that's why specifically for the sake of yeah he wanted the extra latitude. Stupid fucking raptor camera. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I know. Looks like ass. Super grainy. Yeah, it's noisy as shit. And Tom grainy Cruise's is not hair even the right word. Noisy. <laughs> My advice Tom was fucking noisy as fuck. Oh, yeah. dude, that was super noisy. Yeah. But same kind of like cityscape shots. Like showing the depth of them on top of the buildings and all that, you know having the same kind of feel i hated that in theaters man i I rewatched that not too long ago and it was watchable Hmm. it wasn't that bad Hmm. yeah seeing it in theaters i was like this is the motherfucker that made heat no (laughs) all right maybe i'll revisit that because i also felt the same way 
it it's 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 watchable not you know not a masterpiece not great yeah. you know no it 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 felt pretty rough yeah all right i'll revisit it okay you've convinced me well with that you've been listening to the movie crew podcast you want to get in touch with us you can do so by sending us an email to the movie crew at gmail.com that's the movie crew crew spelled c-r-e-w-e extra e at the end of the word crew at gmail.com you can follow us on facebook twitter instagram at movie crew pod jerry where can the audience follow you you can find me on Instagram at CheckTheGate, on Twitter at Jared B. Callen. And Griggs, where can they find you? I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Griggsy Media. That's G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media. And you guys can find me on uh, Twitter at Elkins Edits. And um, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't, I don't know. What, uh, which track to play? I guess we, we were talking about the moody guitars a lot. We'll play track one titled heat i may cut it. it the the track's like eight minutes long i don't think we need to play all that we, we, we may cut it when it starts to dip out a little so this hmm. may be half the track i don't know we'll see oh and this is from composer elliot goldenthal enjoy
Thanks again to Truly Titan for making another request on the Movie Crew Podcast. We enjoyed the fuck out of heat.